This is information not being reported by anyone else. You want the scoop? Here it is with Darren Doogie Wolfson. And away we go. Scoop Podcast episode 122. Lots to get to. We'll get to Gophers football staff changes. Not one, but two assistant coaches leaving. The Twins maintaining regular dialogue with a free agent other than you, Darvish. The Wolves scouting a player that the Gophers are after, plus lots of Vikings-Eagles storylines. We'll actually get to one of those storylines in a second, or at least it's piggybacking off the drama of Sunday at U.S. Bank Stadium. But first, some love for a new sponsor of the Scoop Podcast. It is Skoll Marketing. Yes, Skoll Marketing. A good time to bring Skoll Marketing on board. They are a business-to-business marketing agency. Your small business deserves more attention. Skoll Marketing specializes in working with local businesses. They are a locally owned company. The website SkollMarketing.com. They were started by two former Google employees to help the little guys compete. They work with businesses in web development, pay-per-click advertising, and social media management. Let's make Google work for you. Again, the website, skullmarketing.com. Call now to schedule your free 30-minute consultation, 612-787-SKULL. Again, 612-787-SKULL. Skull Marketing, a business-to-business marketing agency. Skull Marketing, helping keep the podcast alive. So we appreciate them so, so much. The website again, SkullMarketing.com. Speaking of Skull, everybody has Vikings fever. I was at the bank on Tuesday morning. I'm telling you, even at the bank, I had a bunch of people coming up to me saying, hey, what a great time to be a Minnesota sports fan. Hey, even after a nice long weekend, it's nice to get back to work because it's a fun work week, right? There's an excitement heading into Sunday. Buffalo right, 7 heaven was the winning play on Sunday. The Vikings beating the Saints. One of the heroes on Sunday was Stefan Diggs. The man who coached Stefan Diggs in college at the University of Maryland was Randy Etzel. Randy is now the head coach at UConn, and he's nice enough to join the podcast now to tell us about the recruitment of Stefan Diggs, coaching Diggs at Maryland, and what he thought of the play on Sunday. Coach, thank you so much for your time. Let me start with a tweet I saw from you after the game on Sunday. I don't have it right in front of me, so I'm paraphrasing slightly, but it was something along the lines of, You've seen Stefan Diggs make that play before, just another day at the office. And there might have been a smiley emoji, I suppose. Maybe emphasis on that smiley emoji? Uh, Well, yeah. I mean, I I saw him do that in in practice. I saw him do things in games that that, uh, you just don't teach. You know, it's just that uh, awareness, that sixth sense, uh, that competitiveness that Stefan has and when he did it it didn't surprise me because he's a he's a great athlete he's got huge hands he's got great balance and agility and 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 he's just got a um, uh, flair you know for the dramatic and uh, couldn't be much more dramatic than what took place on Sunday <laughs> I mean a little bit more Randy on that sixth sense the intuition I mean a lot of receivers might have anticipated contact might have just gone down might have looked for the sideline he didn't do either of those things. He had the heads up to go all the way to the end zone. Yeah, and you know, again, I think as he as he probably ran his route, he had the picture in his mind that he saw, and and then uh, you know, as he he got there, there was you know, as he caught it, there was no contact, and you know, he knew the situation, and you know, he went and he put his hand down, and he just felt that hey, there's nobody there, and kept going, but. 
I mean, that's who he is. I mean, he's a guy that has that ability to make those kind of plays. And, you know, it's, he's a, he, he, the thing about him, about Stefan, is he's just a tremendous, tremendous competitor. And he's got to just continue to do everything that he can um, to make something happen and to make, make a good thing happen for his team. Has he always been somebody that's been emotional? I mean, it was just seconds right after that. I mean, after he celebrated with his teammates in the tunnel. I mean, our camera guy was right there. I mean, he had tears streaming down his face. Yeah, he's always been very emotional. Um, and, you know, it's one of those things where I think it's good for Stefan because that's who he is, but he is a very emotional, passionate uh, person. When did you know, Randy, that Stefan was a special player? I mean, was it going back to when you recruited him in high school? Yeah, you, you could see certain things out of him in high school uh, that he could do. Um, and then, you know, then when you're around him on a, on a daily basis and you see him do more things, um, you know, in practice and games and, you know, his whole, uh, attitude and approach, he's a, he's got tremendous confidence in his, um, in his ability. He's, uh, a guy that has, a you know, what I call a lot of swag and, Mm-hmm. he's not he's not afraid he's not afraid to step out and say something and he knows that he can he'll go and he'll uh you know he'll back it up and uh you know i, I think his you know his teammates appreciate that competitiveness and um that drive that he has to try to be the best he can and you know it's good to see him you know kind of finally stay healthy this year because his second and third years there at Maryland, you know, he had some injury issues and wasn't able to, you know, get on the field, be on the field as much. And then, you know, the first two years in the league, he's had some some injury things that he's had to deal with. So it's been good to see him because, again, I think if he can stay healthy, you know, and I know how hard he wants to, I know how great he wants to be. And as long as he, as I always used to tell him, just stay humble and stay hungry, he does that. I think he can be he can really be a great one. A little bit more on that. I mean, he is pretty humble. I mean, going back to to him having swag. I mean, it's almost like it's controlled swag. I mean, it's a position, the wide receiver position that lends itself to to divaness, you know, but he doesn't really have that. Like he's all about Adam Thielen's success. He's he's pretty selfless at a position where there's not a lot of selfless individuals. Well, he is. And and that's why I said I, you know, once you get to know him and you know, the, he's got a huge heart. You know, he's just got a huge heart. He's a he's a great kid. You know, I you know you love being around him. You know, there was things that uh, you know you had to do to, to you know to help him and just to get him to see sometimes the big picture in, in terms of how he had to try to control some of his emotions sometimes. And um, uh, you know, and and you know the passing of his his father. You know, that's something that uh, I know still sticks with him. Uh, today, but um, you know he's just one of those guys that the bigger the stage, you know, the more he's going to go and perform. And um, you know, there's a lot of instances, and when we were at Maryland together, that things that he did, you just sit there and you just you know shake your head and say, "Wow, you know, this kid's pretty special." You know, Randy. Speaking of the passing of his father, how often did that come up between you and him? I mean, I ask that because we're taping this on. On Tuesday the 16th, I saw a tweet from Diggs that, that today is actually the 10-year remembrance of, of his dad's passing. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't something that, you know, my, my thing is, is if, if young men want to talk about that, you know, that's for them to, to talk about because, again, just the emotion that, 
that goes with it. But again, you know, his his mom Stephanie is a is a is a great lady and a and a great uh, support system for him. But I know that I know that affected him. I mean, there's you know he didn't uh, his dad passed early in in Stefan's life, and you know not to have that uh, you know that his father there and with all he's accomplished, I, yeah, I'm sure it wears on him and and everything else. But uh, you know I think he's been able to you know deal with it and and handle it and and um you know now you know you, you just want to see him do well because he's he's a he's a great kid you know he's a great kid he's a great kid to be around he's fun to be around and and like i said he he's got to make people around him you know better you win some you lose some in recruiting when you got him over some of the schools that had offered him in addition to to you guys in maryland was that one of your bigger recruiting victories oh well, no question you know he he he's he made this, you know, with him coming to Maryland, then it was, it was cool. It was cool to be able to come to Maryland, you know, and here's a guy that was a, you know, five-star kid and, you know, who, which who cares about the stars, but, you know, here's a kid that had that ability and had that uh, recognition and for him to be able to stay at home, you know, sent a message to, you know, a lot of other people to say, Hey, you know, it's okay to do this. And, um, and I, and I think he, he relished that. I think he kind of, you know, felt that, uh, you know, hey, now this is on me, you know, and I'm going to go and do something and, and continue to show people, you know, why it's good to, to be able to go to Maryland and everything else. And, and I see that's, you know, I think he dares to be different. You know, that's the whole thing. He dares to be different in a, in a positive and a constructive way to uh, not only make himself better, but to, you know, make his team better. And, that, and that's, you know, a lot of people are afraid to do that. But, you know, Stefan's not afraid of that. You know, he he it, to me he relishes it and he he thrives on that on 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 that uh, opportunity. Was part of daring to be different him leaving school early when he wasn't a guaranteed top round pick? I think it it goes to show you the confidence that he had in his own uh, his own ability, and 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 you know I I think you know and he had the injuries and and those things that uh, kind of you know maybe set him back a little bit and everything else, but. You know, deep down, you know, he might not say this, but, you know, I, I think that's something that was, you know, was uh, was good for him because, you know what, it, it just, it it drove him more and it made him say, okay, I've got something else i got to prove, you know, to people. And, you know, that's what he's doing. And, uh, you know, being there in Minnesota, I think it's good for him uh, to get away, you know, from the DMV area. Um, so I think he can grow he'll grow a lot more professionally. He won't have some, he didn't have, he wouldn't have as many people tugging on him. Uh, if he was, if he was still down in that area and everything else And this way, I think that, Hey, he's out there, he's on his own. He's making his own niche in a different part of the, of the country. And, and, um, you know, like I said, I think that's all very, very, uh, positive, you know, for him. And, you know, I had a chance to see him twice two years ago when I was at Detroit and we played the Vikings and mm-hmm. got a chance to, you know, catch up with him and talk to him. And you can just see just how much, you know, he just keeps maturing and he keeps getting better. And like I said, I just, I'm just very, very happy for him because I know how important things, you know, things are to him and what things mean to him. And to, to see that smile and to see that, you know, you know, all the hard work that he puts in and, you know, his heart and everything else, it was just, uh, it was good to see that and, and very, very happy for him. Safe to say, Randy, that you wish you had just that one more year with him that he hadn't gone pro <laughs> early. Things might have yeah, been different, I, huh? I, I wish, 
Yeah, I wish I, I wish I had had four years with him. I wish I had. I, now I just got to go try to find some more guys like him because you know. And again, we had the, you know, we had the situation when we went to play Penn State. And he was a game captain, and you know, he decided that he wanted to do something, and he did it. And then, but you know what? He backed it up. You mm-hmm. know, and uh, he backed it up. And that's the one thing that, you know, that I that I love about the young man because when he told me that he was going to do something and on a big stage and, and different things, you know, he went out and backed up what he said he was going to do or what he knew that he wanted to get done. And, and there's not a lot of people like that, you know. So he's, he's, he, he was and always will be a special, you know, young man, you know, to me. And I just, you know, know he's just going to continue to get better and better as long as he, he can stay healthy. Randy, did you miss Tory Smith of the Eagles by one year? Was he there the year before? Yeah, Tory Tory graduated the year before I got there. You know, he graduated, and then I, you know, I came in. So I missed, uh, I missed Tory. But was Tory then around? You know, maybe those years thereafter. You know, for summer workouts or whatever. Did Tory and Stefan? Do you know if they had a pretty good working relationship? I don't know because I think uh, I don't know how much they got there. You know, if they did do a lot you know the one thing you, I, w- I will say is this Stefan is his own person mm. you know he is his own person he he knows what he wants to accomplish no and that's not being discrediting anybody or anything like that but he has he has a plan in mind and he you know he's going to talk to people and and all those sort of things and gather information and get things that he knows that he needs to to have to be better but he is his own person and has his plan set up for what he you know, wants to do what he wants to accomplish, you know, how he's going to go about it. He's a very, very uh, smart young man with a with a plan of what he wants to be and what he wants to be able to accomplish. All right, after all this love for Stefan, I mean, in your ideal world, the Vikings don't win the Super Bowl, right? I mean, you have to pull for, for your guy Tom Coughlin and the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? Well, there's no doubt. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's, there's, I mean, Tom coached me in college and then, uh-huh. uh, you know, I, I coach for him at BC and and down at Jacksonville, and we've always, you know, we've stayed in touch. And Doug Marone was a, you know, I was coaching at Syracuse when Doug played there, and uh, you know, a lot of people, uh, Yannick Nagakwe played at Maryland um, for me, and uh, he's there with uh, with Jacksonville. And then, you know, I have a home down in Atlantic Beach, right outside of Jacksonville, so that's always an area and always a. a time that uh you know i really cherished when we were there and being able to accomplish and it's just great to see you know tom go back and help you know david caldwell the general manager and doug and uh everybody there get that back on on track and because um, i know this the fans down there are passionate and you know really appreciate that so you know the good thing is as a coach you sit here and you know will Beatty played for me at, at uconn and he's playing for the eagles as a tackle and you know so you got you know stefan and you got yannick and um, you know, in in it as well. And Shamar Stefan played for me. Oh, that's right, Shamar. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I, what what happened to him? Did, what was the injury with him? Because they never, I never heard in the game. Yeah, it's what, a knee injury. Yeah, and we'll know more on on Wednesday. But it didn't look good. But he's a good player. I mean, he's a good rotational oh, player, and they do a good job. I mean, Andre Patterson is a really good defensive line coach, which I'm sure you know from from your right. time with the Detroit Lions. You know, just knowing Andre's name in the league, but. But Shamar is a key player. If he doesn't play Sunday against the Eagles, the Vikings absolutely will miss him. Yeah, he's a you know, and Shamar's one of those guys that just 
you talk about a guy you love because he never said boo. All he did was work, you know. <laughs> you know, uh, but you, you could go up and you could get him to smile, and when he had that, you get that big smile. It was something, but you know, and that's the neat thing as a coach, you get the chance to see these kids and know you've 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 helped them. You played a small part in them getting to where they are, and that's that's the the neat part of it, and just to see them go out and be able to perform and do the things that they're doing, and giving them the opportunity to do that. That's uh, that's what I why I do what I do. I'll keep you for two final points, and I'll let you go, Randy. Do you still keep in touch with Norris Wilson, who's on PJ Flex staff here at the University of Minnesota? Yeah, I do. I just was uh, going back and forth with Norris just about a, about a week ago. So yeah, Norris, uh, you know, was a big part of the, the success that we had early on at uh, UConn, and then uh, had the opportunity to go and uh, be a head coach and and everything else. And Norris is just a tremendous tremendous coach and tremendous. Uh, person and uh you know uh i love norris to to death you know he's another guy you you know he'll make you laugh now if you're having a bad day norris yeah. will cheer you up really quick <laughs> what's it like randy working with with two former gophers administrators you know former heck gophers interim ad beth gets and then and then david benedict well it's great you know they they understand you know what we have to do to um to be successful and you know as a as a coach you just that's what you want. You want uh, administrators who are going to be there for you to, you know, give you the resources and the things that you need to, you know, make your team and make your student athletes the best you can. And that's the, you know, that's the thing that I really enjoy about, uh, you know, David and Beth in terms of, you know, giving us, uh, you know, and working to get us those things that we need to uh, continue to get better. So, um, you know, great people and, and, and people who really understand what, you um, you know, what you need to get done at this level, especially in football, to to be successful. You know what? One other thing hit me. Do you still work with Gary O'Hagan, who's a Minneapolis guy? No, I don't. I did, but I uh, I don't anymore. So, uh, but Gary, uh, you know, I know Gary really well, and, and Gary, does a, Gary does a great job. So, I mean, you have all sorts of connections. Heck, your name came up one time for the Gophers job, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I don't know. Maybe it did. <laughs> you know, well, you know the the thing about it is, I mean, we're in a relationship business, you know, sure. and and that's the whole thing. And you know, the one thing is, you just never know uh, who. But and again, it's but again, what we do, it's all about it's all about helping other people. I always go into the homes now and just tell people I'm a has been, you know. And all I try to do is just, you know, go give kids, you know, opportunities maybe they never thought they could have, or give them better opportunities than you know, what I've had for myself and, uh, you know, because people did the same thing for me. And so now when you have the opportunity or when you're in a position to give back, that's what you want to be able to do because, you know, it's like I said, it, that's the neat part. You know, like when I was in Detroit and, and the other day uh, I went to the Bills Jags, you know, playoff game and, you know, you go and you see these guys and you see them and you go up and give them a big hug and you talk to them or you stay in touch with them and all that. And, you know, now it's even to the point where I'm starting to recruit some of their kids, you know, that uh, guys that I coach. So, mm-hmm. but, you know, like I said, it, it's neat. And, you know, and I know for those guys that are in pro football, you know, and having coached in pro football, the, you know, I keep telling them, you get in the playoffs every game, there's a little bit, it gets the intensity goes up because I said, you know, it's, you're not playing for the money then because, you know, they don't, they get their game checks during the season and the money you get for the playoffs is, peanuts compared to what they get paid during the season you're playing for that ring you're playing for that to be able to say that i was a super bowl champ and you know haven't had that opportunity when i was at jacksonville we were in the afc championship game against new england and coming into the locker room afterwards and seeing guys that 
you know, had played in the league for a while with the tears on their eyes and, and everything else and knowing that they might never get that opportunity to get back there again, you know, you really understand how special and how, you know, tough it is to win and, and how important, you know, those playoffs are. And now you're down to the final four and, you know, I got guys that I've coached that are in there and Will Beatty has two rings, but, you know, a guy for like Stefan and Shamar, for them to have this opportunity and if they can win and then get to the Super Bowl and get that ring, you know, that's not something nobody's ever going to take away from because there's not many people that are in that club that can say that they're Super Bowl champions. And not only are those kids have the opportunity to be Super Bowl champions, but they're champions in life. And that's, that's really what makes you proud. Randy, well put. Thank you so much for your time. I'd say you're a little bit more than it has been. I know it's a very busy time right now with with recruiting, so thank you so much for carving out 20 minutes in your schedule. No problem. My pleasure. The head coach of the Yukon Huskies, Randy Etzel, the former head coach at Maryland, the college head coach of Stefan Diggs of the Vikings, also coached Shamar Steffen when he was at Yukon his first time around. So Etzel has been a longtime head coach, Yukon for a long time, Maryland for a stint. Got fired and then went back to UConn. So we thank Randy Etzel for his time. We'll piggyback on what Randy said with a few Vikings notes here in just a second. But first, some more love from the new sponsor of the Scoop Podcast. It is Skoll Marketing. Online, SkollMarketing.com. You can call now to schedule your free 30-minute consultation. It is 612-787-SKOLL. 612-787-SKOLL. Skoll Marketing is a business-to-business marketing agency. Skoll Marketing specializes in working with local small businesses. They are a locally-owned company started by two former Google employees to help take the little guys to a higher level to help the little guys compete. They work with businesses in web development, pay-per-click advertising, and social media management among many tentacles. They can help you in so many different aspects. If you are a small business owner, you want to utilize Skoll Marketing. Let's make Google work for you. The website, SkollMarketing.com. And again, call right now to schedule your free 30-minute consultation, 612-787-SKOLL. Here's what you may have missed on a recent Purple Podcast. When you end a game like that, when, when you go up a 17-zip at halftime and, and dominate as much as the Vikings did, and then it's slowly but surely the lead gets smaller and smaller, and you say, okay, this is Drew Brees, and Drew Brees is coming back. And then the Saints do just enough things to, to leave the window of opportunity open for Keenum and the Vikings' offense, and they come back and win like that. You finally start to start to say to yourself, "There's something, there's something to be capitalized on here that goes beyond the norm." I mean, the ending of that game, as you described, what the safety was thinking, I don't know, but it all sort of fits together with what the season has been about, and that is a really good defense and a good football team that's opportunistic, and somehow there's like magic dust or something. Like it, it go, it goes beyond the explanation of, oh yeah, that's just the Vikings. You can find the Purple Podcast on iTunes, Podcast One, or 1500ESPN.com's podcast page. So Coach Etzel was asking me about Shamar Steffen, the knee injury. He did not practice on Wednesday. Of all the Vikings that are unlikely to play, he is the one to circle the most or look at the most. In fact, everybody else should be good. But the chances of Steffen playing on Sunday are minimal at this point. 
Now, Adam Thielen also didn't practice on Wednesday. He's got a little bit of a back issue. I am told nothing to worry about there. Adam Thielen is ready to go. Andrew Sandejo is out of the concussion protocol. He was limited in practice on Wednesday, but signs point to Andrew Sandejo. Now, hey, it's always tricky with a brain injury. But signs at this point point to Andrew Sandejo being back on the field Sunday in Philadelphia. Mackenzie Alexander was limited with a ribs injury. I had a chance to talk to him in the locker room on Wednesday. Alexander will be ready to go on Sunday. There are so many fascinating storylines. You think about Pat Shermer, former Eagles interim head coach, Sam Bradford, the August 2016 trade. Kendricks versus Kendricks. There's Bo Allen. Bo Allen, former Minnetonka High School star, then went on to Wisconsin. 2014 seventh-round pick of the Eagles. He is a rotational defensive tackle for Philadelphia. He'll be in there for, you know, 25 to 30 percent of the defensive snaps. He will absolutely play on Sunday. I spent actually Tuesday night with his mom, his dad, his sister Grace at their Excelsior home. They will be at the game Sunday in Philadelphia. They were at the Falcons game last weekend, and it was interesting talking to Bo Allen's dad, Matt. He grew up in the West Metro, diehard Vikings fan. He remembers going over to his grandpa's house to hear all these Bud Grant stories. I mean, he was. He was diehard Vikings. I mean, he wore the Helga horns, all that stuff. Maybe that's a stretch, but you get the idea that Matt Allen was this huge Vikings fan, but no doubt about it, you know, family comes first. He is pulling for his son. The Allen family is... They got their allegiance toward the Eagles the way it should be, right? You have to pull for your son. In Grace's case, you have to pull for your brother. But there are just so many fascinating storylines. You think about these two franchises, you know, heck, I think I saw the note that in the Super Bowl era that these two have the most playoff wins without winning a Super Bowl. You know, you think about the Eagles getting to the game, you know, not that long ago. The Vikings, you know, not having been to the game since the early 70s, but having been on the doorstep. So often you think about a guy like Terrence Newman, Terrence Newman may not be a hall of famer, but Terrence Newman is in the hall of fame of very good. If such a thing existed, 15 year NFL vet, 39 years old, he's never played in a championship game. I actually had a fascinating conversation with Mackenzie Alexander in the locker room on Wednesday, and he doesn't talk that much. In fact, I'm pretty sure the last time he talked on camera, at least for us at channel five, I believe was OTAs. We did not get him in Mankato. Maybe it was a mini camp practice, but we did not get him in Mankato. We have not talked to Mackenzie Alexander since like May, something like April or May, but he held court in the locker room was actually Andrew Kramer of the Star Tribune who got him to talk initially. And then a few of us jumped in, but he was just gushing about what Terrence Newman means to him, the sort of mentor that Newman is. You know, Alexander even said, he said, hey, I don't have the year I do. You know, and certainly Mackenzie Alexander took a step forward this year. We were wondering about his future. I don't think we're wondering that much anymore. I mean, I think he is a rock-solid number three type cornerback. The Vikings can rely on Alexander moving forward. McKenzie said, hey, I don't have the year I do. I don't take the step forward that I do without Terrence Newman's influence. So there are just so many interesting storylines. You think about Brian Robinson being the only holdover, you know, from the New Orleans NFC Championship game loss, you know, how much it would mean to him to get to his first Super Bowl. You know, Mike Zimmer, you know, all the playoff losses he had until he won last weekend. He had a 10-game playoff losing streak going back to you know when he was an assistant in Cincinnati you know the one loss as Vikings coach against Seattle but then all the losses as an assistant in Cincinnati and then he had a couple when he was in Dallas you know so just so many fascinating storylines with these two franchises meeting on Sunday it will be delicious it'll be great there will be coverage 
selfishly on Channel 5 all week long. Joe Schmidt, Chris Long will be in Philadelphia. Chris is heading there on Thursday for us. Joe will meet him there on Friday. So we'll have coverage, wall-to-wall coverage, pregame, you know, on Channel 5 and then postgame. If the Vikings win on Sunday, the plan is to, you know, hop right in, you know, bust into programming and have coverage immediately after the game. Figure the game ends on Sunday night around 9.15 Central, give or take a few minutes. So it should be fun times on Sunday. We won't use the fancy swoosh. I'll just go through a bunch of notes I have on the local teams And we will call it a podcast. Scoop Podcast Episode 122. Let's keep the football theme going. Gophers football. So we saw the news about Mo Linguist leaving to join Jimbo Fisher's staff at Texas A&M. That's unfortunate. He just got a promotion here, but he's from Texas. How do you turn down Jimbo Fisher? Tim Brewster. You know, you think about getting a raise, coaching in the SEC. That's a hard one to turn down. But do know he will be missed. He was a big part of them landing Bateman, the wide receiver from Georgia, having the inroads they do in the state of Georgia. Doesn't mean that P.J. Flex still won't land some guys in Georgia. He's got relationships too, but I can tell you as a position coach, as a recruiter, linguist will be missed. I promise you there was a reason why he was promoted to assistant head coach. It's also looking like the offensive line coach, Ed Warner, will be leaving. Will he be taking another college job? He interviewed for at least one NFL job, but signs point to Ed Warner leaving the Gophers before the season. Here are some additions to the staff that the Gophers announced. You have Joe Rossi being promoted from quality control assistant to defensive line coach. The Gophers also announced the hiring of Clay Patterson. He will serve a to-be-determined on-field coaching role. So that's where you wonder about you know, what his background is with the offensive line, potentially. Fleck also announced that Bryce Pop, he coached the defensive line last year. He is now the team's pass rush specialist coach. And special teams coordinator Rob Wegner will coach outside linebackers as well. So adding those duties on top of special teams coordinator. True Thompson, the older son of Daryl Thompson. So Daryl has two girls, two boys. He's got True and Race. Race is a basketball player at the University of Indiana. True Thompson is now a wide receiver for the Gophers, joining the Gophers with the start of the spring semester this week as a preferred walk-on. Drew Himaleski, wide receiver, now focusing on baseball only. Really good baseball player. He is no longer playing football. Zoe Creighton was the other transfer. I had hinted for weeks that there was at least one unnamed transfer that would come out and it came out this week with the start of the new semester that is defensive back Zoe Creighton Tyrone Carter Gophers legend he's been on this podcast a number of times yes he is very very interested in the opening of DB coach with the Gophers he has not been contacted yet I don't like his chances but hey nobody is more passionate about the U certainly Mike Sherrill's is as passionate but nobody is more passionate about the U and Tyrone Carter. He certainly can coach kids. I've seen him. I spent some time with him not that long ago coaching up Benny Sapp III, who will wear a Gophers uniform. Trust me, Tyrone Carter knows how to coach defensive backs, and he can certainly recruit. He knows so many people. That being said, I would be surprised if P.J. Fleck went that route. By the way, the Gophers football team is in their new digs, the Athletes' Village. They are supposed to do a media deal the week of January 22nd, probably later in the week, but everything is contingent upon, at least in 
my world, and I know a lot of other people can relate to this, depending on what the Vikings do this weekend. If the Vikings lose on Sunday, next week opens up a little bit before Super Bowl festivities take over. Or if the Vikings win on Sunday, next week is going to be an absolute bleep show in a good way for those in my line of work, but just an absolute bleep show. So it might be hard to get over to the Athletes Village. But nonetheless, I know the U is planning some sort of media deal with the Athletes Village grand opening next week but that could be delayed depending on how the vikings do some wolves notes happy 60th birthday to tom thibodeau he turned 60 on wednesday the 17th i ran into a high-ranking wolves official no it wasn't tibbs but i ran into a high-ranking wolves official at the gophers purdue game last weekend that was the morning after that report from basketball insiders leaked that the clippers reached out to the wolves proposing some sort of blake griffin Carl Anthony Towns trade. I ran that by this high-ranking Wolves official. Again, we were face-to-face. We caught up for a while. He laughed. He was almost in tears laughing at that report. Not that the Wolves would ever trade Carl Anthony Towns for Blake Griffin. You can't even make the money work on that trade. But he laughed at the suggestion that the Clippers even proposed such a deal. So take that for what it's worth. Now, teams talk trade all the time. 85 to 90% of trades in the NBA that are talked about Never happened. There are some crazy proposals tossed out, especially via text, not necessarily over the phone. But in this case, I'm just telling you, a high-ranking Wolves official laughed at that Basketball Insiders report. Also on the Wolves, I can tell you, okay, so, you know, this this high-ranking Wolves official took in the Purdue game. You know, Vince Edwards of Purdue has a chance to be a late first-round pick. He certainly had a good game. The Gophers also had the Bucks and Grizzlies at the Purdue game scouting. The Wolves also recently scouted Anthony Simons. He is the former Louisville commit IMG Academy in Florida. He actually, because he's at a prep school, could go pro. So it sounds like he's going to test the draft waters. The Wolves were at an event last weekend, the Hoop Hall Classic out in Springfield, Massachusetts. The Wolves were one of many NBA teams there scouting Anthony Simons. The Wolves also had a scout on Monday at Duke, Miami, Apple Valley native Gary Trent Jr. was the best player on the floor that night. So many NBA prospects. The Brown kid from Miami is somebody I personally like that the Wolves could get with that Oklahoma City pick. You have the Walker kid from Miami that's a likely lottery pick. You've got Marvin Bagley, who might be the first pick in the draft or second pick in the draft from Duke. Wendell Carter, who's a lottery pick. Grayson Allen is another guy who's not the worst fit for the Wolves, but it was Gary Trent Jr. That shooting translates to the NBA. I don't know in this loaded draft if Gary will be a lottery pick. He's a fringe lottery pick, but Gary Trent Jr., will have a lengthy NBA career anyway with the Wolves in attendance on Monday in Miami. He put on a show. He helped lead Duke back from a double-digit second-half deficit. He had 30 points. So Gary Trent Jr. doing good work with the Wolves in attendance on Monday. The Wolves actually had some dialogue with Gary Payton, the third's agent, about a two-way deal before he signed a two-way deal. I think it was with the Lakers, although I don't have it handy. But anyway, we know he didn't sign it here. The Wolves also had some dialogue with Kay Felder's agent about a two-way deal, but ultimately they were looking at Emil Jefferson. I hinted at that on Twitter over the weekend. That became reality earlier in the week. The former Duke star Emil Jefferson, he's been lighting up the G League for the Iowa Wolves. He had a really good G League showcase last week with assistant GM Noah Kroom plus personnel guy Brian Pauga 
in the stands. So once they saw him in person put on that show over a multi-day period, it only made sense for the Wolves to reward Emil Jefferson with their second two-way contract. Anthony Brown has the first. On the Wolves and any realistic trade possibilities, nothing cooking. We had owner Glenn Taylor on last week on episode 121. He said, hey, nothing's cooking. Nothing has changed. The trade deadline is approaching in early February, so normally things don't heat up until a few days prior. The Wolves are open to some possibilities. I'll continue to say that I will be surprised if they move the Oklahoma City first-round pick. I think they will have their Oklahoma City first-round pick after the trade deadline. I still think it's more realistic that they end up signing somebody that's bought out. Now, there's trade interest in Nerland's Noel whenever he gets healthy for Dallas. Jared Dudley of Phoenix, those names I've talked about going back many, many weeks. But I don't know if they ultimately pull off a trade. I think signing a free agent might be a tad more realistic. But I do think there is a decent chance, no guarantees, but a decent chance they fill that opening roster spot they currently have. All right, let's transition to the Twins. Derek Falvey at the Justin Morneau News Conference on Wednesday confirming to my colleague Chris Long that Fernando Rodney will start the year as the closer. Now, hey, is Fernando Rodney the Twins' closer on May 1st, May 15th? You know, heck, we can take bets on that. But come opening day, the idea is Fernando Rodney is the Twins' closer. So the Twins give Addison Reed a two-year straight $16.75 million deal. There's no bonuses, I'm told, no performance, you know, enhancers in there. You know, if he reaches X amount of appearances or X amount of strikeouts, he gets this much money. No, it's a straight two-year $16.75 million deal. So, yes, he'll make more money than Rodney, but you can use Reed now in the seventh inning, you know, getting out in the seventh and maybe three outs in the eighth. You can mix and match how you use Addison Reed. Eventually, he could be the closer. But the idea is, per Falvey on the record on Wednesday, that Fernando Rodney will start the twin season as the closer. The Twins are still maintaining regular dialogue with Lance Lynn's agent, Alex Cobb's agent. Yes, Hugh Darvish's agent. I'm a broken record, but until we have some closure on the Hugh Darvish situation, the Twins aren't doing anything else on the starting pitching front. Now, if they have an inclination that there's no way, no how, you Darvish will come to Minnesota, okay, maybe they then extend the offer to Alex Cobb or Lance Lynn. But with so many free agents still available, you know, can anybody really explain why there's this many free agents still available? Our front offices now just coming to the realization that, hey, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to pay somebody a ton of money when they're 33, 34, 35 years old. I do think baseball at some point has to fix their system where guys sometimes don't hit free agency until seven years of major league service time or six years in most cases, you know, then you get guys to eat out a couple years of arbitration, but then you end up eating out a year of free agency or two and you get them at a lesser number because guys want that long-term security. It's just a broken system. I wonder if at some point they come to the, realization that maybe hitting free agency after four years of major league service time might make a bit more sense, but who knows if the owners will be on board with that. But I just know this, that in a few years when the collective bargaining agreement is up, that will be one fascinating negotiation because I have a hard time believing that come a few years when they renegotiate the current collective bargaining agreement, that they'll just say, hey, let's just continue what is in place. There will be changes fought for, massive changes, because this is an example of free agency just not working out for the players. But with so many guys available, I had said for the longest time, the Twins were having so many trade talks that I could see them making a trade. I said for the longest time 
that I thought it was more likely the Twins trade for a starting pitcher than sign one. But with so many free agents still available at this point, I think they end up signing one, you know, signing another one. I guess they have Michael Pineda, who will miss most of 2018, if not all of 2018, after Tommy John surgery, you know, pretty much lock him in for the 2019 rotation. But maybe he's healthy by September. But I think at this point, with so many free agents available that can help them in 2018, I guess I have a hard time seeing the Twins not landing one of these guys. Maybe it won't be you, Darvish. Maybe it's Cobb or Lynn. But it's hard for me to see the Twins not landing one of these free agent starters, somebody that absolutely will help them a ton in 2018. Twins Fest, by the way, this weekend. So, so much focus on the Vikings. But if you need a little bit of an escape from all the Vikings mayhem, Twins Fest, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at Target Field. Remember, it's a later start on Sunday, 540 kickoff. So you could do Twins Fest earlier in the day on Sunday, then be home in plenty of time for Vikings and Eagles. Some potpourri notes, Antonio Montero getting some interest from San Diego State. I mentioned last week on the podcast, no, he is not committed to the Gophers. Those of you on, it was one of the message boards saying, hey, Doogie said Montero committed to the Gophers. No, I never said that. I said he got admitted into the Carlson School of Management. That is a good thing. So, hey, if the Gophers want Antonio Montero, they can say, hey, Antonio, you can get into the Carlson School of Management. That is something that interests Antonio Montero, I'm told. So the Gophers feel like there's some positive mojo for Montero committing to them as a preferred walk-on. But he has not made any decision yet. It is still entirely possible that he gets a really solid offer. Maybe it's San Diego State. Maybe it's Rice who's showing interest. Maybe it's another school. Maybe it's Illinois. I've talked about Illinois going back weeks. We're talking about Mr. Football in Minnesota, Mr. Do-Everything from Eden Prairie. It would be fantastic if the Gophers can land him as a preferred walk-on. They are doing everything they can to land Antonio Montero as a preferred walk-on. But he has not made any decision yet. On Amir Coffee, he'll be reevaluated by team doctors in early February. Then they will make a determination if he needs surgery on that shoulder. So we are in a holding pattern on whether Amir Coffee will play again this season for the Gophers men's basketball team. You know, we'll call it a podcast at 40 minutes. I have a couple other random notes written down. Nothing that's earth-shattering. If it's that earth-shattering, I'll put it on Twitter, DWolfs on KSTP. But a super busy week, so we will call it a podcast at the 40-minute mark. We'll be back maybe later this week, more likely next week. Hopefully we're talking about, just for sake of interest in every media entity in town, hopefully we're talking about the Super Bowl-bound Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings going to the Super Bowl would be good business for anybody who does a podcast in town, sports podcast, a radio show, TV stations, newspaper, any media in town. Trust me, the Vikings going to the Super Bowl would be a very, very, very good thing. So hopefully the Vikings win on Sunday in Philadelphia. Appreciate you listening as always. Thanks so much. Call it duty modern warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait. What rewards? A do operator skin. Man, I love operator skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. This- Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and 328 23.